Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the Take 12 podcast. I forgot my mute button. It's the Take 12 podcast, everybody. Uh, with Seahawks legend Lopa Tatupu and me, Seahawks fan Brett Daver. On this episode, we are joined by Believe in Titans host David Beauclair, who will help us settle the beef between Houston and uh, Nashville and the former logos and the, the, the team formerly known as the Oilers and all of that. We ask him about the uniforms. We also ask him about how the Titans even got the name Titans in the first place, which he illuminated for us. And I had never even, I mean, Lofa, right? Like I didn't know that. Learn something new every day. Awesome. Um, and then of course we get into the matchup coming up with the Titans and, um, and then we even, what, what else do we talk? I mean, we covered a lot on this episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, uh, David's still here. Actually, David, you can say hi to the people. <laughs> hey, good evening. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Our show is uh, proudly brought to you by Wiener Schnitzel, everybody. Ask us about our wieners. It's uh, two locations in Western Washington, Everett and Fife. Wiener Schnitzel, do something different for lunch today. Chili dogs, corn dogs, ice cream. uh, You know, it's all delicious at Wiener Schnitzel. And when you mention Take 12, you get a free hot dog with any other purchase. Um, It was a lot of fun to talk about this upcoming game. We covered so, so much. Let's get into it right now. Well, it's another one of those weird team things. I was telling you guys earlier in the week, and David, you can you can fill us in on this one, because Lofa and I have beef with the Tennessee Titans using the Houston Oilers jerseys, and we think the team just uses it because they're just so cool that they have to, but, but especially when playing the Titans. But the, the Raiders flame, Lofa, that's another one of the weird team things where it's like not necessarily yours, but they keep doing it. Al, Al took that shit everywhere, man. <laughs> just like Frank's, that flame is like Frank's red hot. He puts that shit on everything. I was telling my <laughs> friends, I was watching the, a Raiders game and they were like, what's with this big electric torch in Vegas? And I was like, well, it's the Olympic flame. It was in the Coliseum. Marcus Allen, it was a long time ago. But then, yeah, he just took the torch anywhere he wins. Kind of like the Titans, I guess, have just taken the Oilers stuff to Nashville. David, what's well, up? Well, I mean, they they did the. Uh, I mean, the whole franchise move. This was not a case sure. like with uh, with with the Baltimore Ravens, where they were told to leave Cleveland behind. I mean, they brought oh. the uh, and, and Bud Adams actually, when he brought the team, never had any intention of changing the name. He he expected them to be the Tennessee Oilers. He expected huh. to keep the colors and uh, and fans kind of threw a bit of a hissy fit actually, and and 
started to say, well, we're not going to support this team unless it's something that's ours and, and whatnot. Oh, so finally, uh, Bud made what he, he called a quote unquote business decision and, uh, and changed the name and the colors and everything. So, uh, so the fact that, that Nashville has been really on board with, with all of this nostalgia all of a sudden this year and, uh, and, and sort of have, you know, is in this public wrestling match with the Houston fan base over, over who that the you know those uniforms and that name belongs to is kind of funny to me, but uh, but you know Amy Adams Strong Bud's daughter who runs the team now is very is very cognizant of trying to connect the the past and the present to the team uh, after uh, after about twenty five years here now that you know she's she kind of ready to do that. Well, and wasn't not- there a, wasn't there also a Texans team before as well? Like, because the Houston we have the Houston Texans now, but there was also the Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs started as the Dallas Texans. Yeah. So so <laughs> so there you go. So Lofa, so the Chiefs now have to wear throwback Texans uniforms in Kansas mm. City when they play Houston, and we'll just bring this whole thing. It would only be right. But wait. Yeah. <laughs> David, now I didn't get a glimpse at the entire uni. Did you guys have like the Titan decal, or was it? No, the it's, oil? it's the old, it's the old oil Derek logo on the helmet, oh, and the wow. uh, yeah, yeah, the whole the whole thing. Houston, uh, Houston folks were not happy about it, and so they were <laughs> they were they were particularly pleased how that game played out on Sunday. <laughs> Just yeah. insult well, to injury. What yeah. the heck, David? What's a Titan anyway? How did how did they become the Titans then? And what's that got to do with Nashville or well, uh, or or Tennessee? Because I mean, you got the Utah Jazz. I mean, it, it would make more sense to have them be music related or something quickly a a titan is a greek god Mm -hmm. and uh and nashville tennessee is known as the athens of the south uh because a hundred a little over a hundred years ago at one point there were i believe the number was 56 different colleges and universities within nashville so it was uh it was considered a center of learning for the for the south and what have you and that's how it earned the name the athens of the south and uh so they plugged into that that connection that sort of greek mythology connection and and, and of course, and of that. course, there's a you know there's there, yeah that's right, and there's a there's a little bit of alliteration with the Tennessee Titans, so it sure. was uh, that's yeah that that's kind of how that came about. Sure, oh. sure. It, well, yeah, and it's also one of the rare instances, or maybe not so rare, where it's named after the full state and not just the city. You know, we got the Seattle Seahawks, they're the Tennessee Titans. You got the Arizona Cardinals, but then you got the Los Angeles Rams. You know, it's they pick and mm-hmm. choose. Well, and yeah. I think I think that was Bud Adams too. Going back to the fact that in Texas, you know, he was a second-class citizen to the Dallas Cowboys all those mm-hmm. years. He, well, I think, I think that was a preemptive strike on Memphis ever getting an NFL team at some point. He was gonna, you know, he was gonna try and lay claim to the whole state and it, not have to. It's not a have business to go through decision. That again. Yeah, it's yeah. a business decision. Exactly. Give me right. all of Tennessee. I don't want just Nashville. <laughs> Smart Lofa, man. Lofa, if I gave you a team tomorrow, if I gave you the Ellensburg, whatever, what what would your team name be? You ever thought about that? No, I never thought about that actually. No? <laughs> Why you got one? What's yours? Me? Oh, you know me, man. I, mine would be just it would be random and weird. I don't know. Just be like the the, the mayonnaise jars or something because it does you know like i like the minor league baseball type model of it doesn't really matter what you're called like the savannah bananas or but whatever those are like clever and like have fun yeah. yeah 
Right. You know? Yeah. I feel like NFL is just too serious with (laughs) their – like the yeah. commanders, they don't even know. Like, are they still going to be the commanders in a year? I don't know. They're already talking about changing the it again. Commanders, they had a chance to rename their whole team, and they, I think they fumbled on that one. We've it was said, the Washington right? football team for a while there, for <laughs> two yeah. years. I, I thought that was, I thought that was cool. At least it was different. You know, it was. True. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I would have, I would have stuck with that if I was them. Enough about the names of the teams. Let's let's talk about the actual teams, boys. We got a game uh, coming up this weekend. It's in it's in Nashville. It's on Christmas Eve. Lofa, we were supposed to be in town for this one, but uh, you know it's but it's Christmas Eve, so we're staying home. Um, David, are you going to the game? I am. All right, I'm, I'm All will right. be there. Yeah, it, uh, for for what it's worth, the Titans are not much to see these days. I'll say that. Uh, they uh, and the the one thing they had going for them this year is they were winning all their games at home. But now they their last two they have they've lost both of them in overtime. And the only reason they were in overtime was because they missed an extra point in regulation at some point. So uh, it, it's uh, it, it it just it just keeps getting worse. And now you know, and of course, people were excited about Will Levis, and uh, it seems highly unlikely he's going to play this week. So it's uh, it's back to Ryan Tannehill. For the end of the season. So that's well, then that's where I was going for you next. Oh. Then introduce us to this Titans team and who we're going to be matching up against this weekend. Because well, I, I, I was I was looking forward to playing the rookie. Yeah, yeah he, he's uh, <laughs> you know, and and he's he's been an interesting guy. Will Will Levis has kind of been the right guy for this team because uh, the the defining characteristic of this team is that their offensive line is terrible. And uh, you know Ryan Tannehill at, at, at his age and, and coming off an ankle injury last year, you, you could tell he had no interest in standing behind that line any longer than he had to. He was he was getting the ball out very quickly this year and and uh, and not pushing the ball down the field the way he had in in recent years. When, when Levis got in there, that I mean, give the kid credit. Maybe it's just that ignorance is bliss. He doesn't know any better. He he just stood in there. He took the hits. He he was mm-hmm. firing the ball downfield. Uh, he he's not he's he's not terribly accurate on the on the mid length routes, but uh, but he can throw he can throw a deep ball now and uh um so i you know i would i would think uh i would think Tannehill is is going to get right back in there and, and a guy who's going to be a free agent this offseason he's he's going to be making a few business decisions of his own and uh and, and you can you can expect a lot of throws to the flat and a lot of those quick outs to the slot receiver and and what your know, first guy who comes open is getting it i, I would think uh well that's especially, especially the way that, yeah yeah the way that you know i mean i mean it it really it really is the, the offensive line has been just a mess all season well, long and it's that, uh kind of makes me nervous though lofa because we play you know teams that get the ball out quick and dump it down and then we've had a problem tackle coming up and tackling sometimes and they can run after the catch and stuff like that and i'm sure lofa is going to ask about mr henry of course on behalf that's of exactly where i'm going to go I'm assuming they're going to lean but... heavy on the run and short passes and lofa that actually kind of might spell disaster for us well i mean the fact that their offensive line is not playing well you know um is Really, that if it's something that you want to hear as a Hawks fan, because yeah, that makes me feel I, better. Because I mean, even the Eagles haven't been playing to the best of their abilities the last few games, and uh, I mean they had almost 200 yards rushing on us. Uh, so it's um, yeah, that's definitely a pain point. And I, I want to ask you know David's perspective because I haven't seen a ton of King Henry. I do have him in four fantasy football leagues, and 
he did let me down in the first round of playoffs. So I got, I got beef with him, but some people are saying he's lost a step. Does he still look the same to you? Or is it just the fact that the offensive line is, is that bad? Yeah. Yes. And yes, he is, you know, the foot injury a couple of years ago changed things for him. You, you don't see, you don't see Henry running away from everybody anymore. When he gets in the open field, he does get caught from behind. Um, he takes a few more big hits as he's going through the line, the, the kind he didn't take in his last couple of years. But the, you know, the book on Derrick Henry has never changed. You can go back to pre-draft reports in 2016 and, and what they said about him then is exactly the same thing people say about him now, which is if you can get to him in his first two steps or so before he gets up to full speed, he's not a problem. You can get him to the yeah. ground. It, it, it's not an issue. It's when he gets up to speed that he becomes a big problem. Now, yeah. you know, not as big a problem as he's been, but he's still, you know, he's still yeah. a, a, a productive running back and, yeah. uh, um, you know, you look at uh, it, it. You look at this offensive line and, and the number of times he has gotten hit early on and whatnot. It, it's 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 a minor miracle that he is he's sixth in the NFL in rushing this season. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's it it's stunning to me because he hasn't had he hasn't taken over games this year the way that uh, the way We're that he has same. in the past. Yeah. But but he has been productive. You know, he's he's got ten rushing touchdowns. He had. As Lofa, I'm sure, can tell you, before last Sunday, he had two rushing touchdowns three games in a row. I mean, the, yeah. the the book on him has always been that he gets better as the year goes on because he doesn't wear down and, and you know, defenses are, are getting less interested in tackling him at, at, at this point in the year. But but that doesn't seem to be the case right now. And, and I, again, I think it's all tied to the uh, – to the offensive line he's taken he's taken more hits behind the line he's taken more bigger hits he, he just Sunday against the, the the Texans when he ran 16 times for nine yards was the first time that he looked like an old man to me and uh, and you know if, if you've ever seen his workout videos on Instagram during the offseason or whatnot you know that this is a guy who takes care of himself and yeah and so I I, I you know he's He's going to be a free agent this offseason if he comes back here or if somebody signs him. You know, I, I still think he can be a productive back, but, you know, they're, like he's never going to threaten 2,000 yards again. Yeah, I really thought the uh, he was going to be, you know, um, trade trade deadline. You know, I thought they were going to ship him, you know, get something for him because he's going to be a free agent next year. I don't know if they re-signed him, um, but he's still a guy that if he gets into, like, a San Fran – blocking scheme, Philly, Miami Dolphins, you know, and I know they have their guys, but even like the Ravens, if they were to add that, you Oof. know, punch to, to all the speed they got back there, that is a, a game changer. He still is that dude. Um, but yeah. And then the kid behind him, I, I loved him in his college tape. Uh, I think it was in Tulane, right? Tajay yes, Spears. Tajay Spears. Uh huh. This kid is unbelievable. And this is one that we do not want to see in space, Brett. You uh -oh. like, I'm yeah, speed, yeah. toughness, balance, you know, moves and power. It's 
he, are the I'm trying to think throw the ball at all. Run it the whole they, time with these two guys. It, 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 it's a good question because outside of DeAndre Hopkins, they have, you know, they have nothing at wide receiver. It, uh, if they, if they hadn't managed to land Hopkins in the, uh, in the off season, I, I shudder to think what this, uh, this offense would have been like because Hopkins has, has, yeah. has been huge to this team. I mean, he's got 919 yards receiving. No one else on the team has as many as 400. No other yeah. wide receiver has, uh, has more than 370. You know, yeah. none of, none of the other wide receivers on the team scare you with their speed, their elusiveness, uh, anything like that. I mean, and, and Hopkins and Levis had developed a, a sort of yeah. big brother, little brother relationship where, uh, you know, Hopkins is kind of coaching him up almost after almost every snap. It's been, it's been kind of, it's been kind of fun to watch and, uh, hmm. uh yeah, so th- this is a team that needs to run the ball, and uh, uh, you know, back to your point, Lofa. I-, I thought the Titans for sure were going to trade Henry. They, you know, they they've gotten almost nothing from their 2020 and 2021 draft classes. These are guys who should be coming into their primes and yeah. and whatnot. So they. You know, they, they've traded – they don't have a lot of picks in next year's draft. You know, to sort of make up for time, I thought they needed to just sort of just sell out and, and collect as many draft picks as possible. And, and I thought the same thing you did. I thought Henry to Baltimore made so much sense. It would have been terrifying to the rest of the yeah. league if he had uh, if he had ended up there. But, but the good news for the Titans is Tajay Spears, they've been looking for three years – for a change of pace back mm-hmm. to, to, to work off of Henry. And, and they, one of the best things offensive coordinator Tim Kelly has done this year is, is sort of go against the, the, the current, if you will, in, in how they use Spears. You know, they'll, they'll go four wide with Spears in the backfield and hand it off to him. Or they'll, uh, you know, they'll sometimes sometimes line up with Henry and Spears in the backfield and then motion them out and hit them with a quick screen. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, like it, the, the personnel groupings suggest one thing and they do the other thing with Spears. And so he has he has really taken advantage of that as a uh, as a marvelous yards per touch average right now. Oh, man. Lofa, I don't know. You know, late in the season playing a, a veteran quarterback with a really strong running yeah. field back and well, sorry, a strong backfield in general and then hopkins who he's had some big games against the hawks before i don't know <laughs> i'm getting a little nervous i'm getting nervous game is approaching i'm Brett's getting nervous <laughs> i think the only thing that makes me nervous about this matchup is them coming off a game that they clearly had in the bag i don't know why they kept throwing the ball um and you know Vrabel's a coach i have a lot of respect for and we saw it what was it, 2017 or 18 when they came out here and they just ran it like 50 times. Yeah. And in that game, I was like, they don't have enough time to keep running it. Like, go ahead, run it, milk the clock, and then Henry breaks a 60-yarder and they go to overtime and they beat us. But I really didn't understand, like, last week's game plan. They were up by, I think, two scores. And then the, you know, um, Texans come back, tie it up, and then win it in OT. I just didn't understand that. But – us coming off of uh, an emotional last-second win, yeah, and them coming off of a loss, you know, it, that are the makings of a trap game, and well, just like we have to us, have it though. It, it's a must. It, win. It's funny. Seattle is Seattle is very much in the same position this week that Tennessee was the week before. Remember, they had gone to Miami 
and, mm-hmm. and on Monday yeah. night and you know gave up the two touchdowns late in the fourth quarter and then managed to score twice and yeah. plus get the two point conversion in the last three minutes forty three seconds of that and and you know they came out and it seemed like they had all the momentum still from that game marched down the field scored a touchdown get a defensive touchdown you know those which is something that that normally is going to mean a win and then they just they just stopped the and uh, and Houston sort of just dug in and and kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. Finally, got it going. And it's funny you mentioned that, love, because I thought the same thing. I thought Seattle's going to come in here, probably looking to, to build on that momentum. And in uh, the first first quarter, first quarter and a half, maybe is going to be really, really big in this game. Hey, shout out to our sponsor, EpicSeats.com. Everybody, local company up there in Seattle, EpicSeats.com. Whether you're holding on to some tickets and some seats that you want to sell. They can do that for you. Uh, check them out. And if you want to buy seats to anything, of course, use epicseats.com. Mention Take 12 and take 12% off when you spend $100 if you're buying seats and add an extra $12 per ticket when you're selling seats with epicseats.com uh, all over the globe, by the way, and not just football tickets, concert tickets, and whatever you guys need. Um uh, David, what about uh, the Titans' defense? I mean, you know, the Seahawks' offense, we, especially that last drive and JSN and getting DK involved, and we got a lot of weapons here. But uh, how do the how are the Titans going to stack up there on defense? You know, their their front seven is really good, but they're without their best player right now, Jeffrey Simmons, which mm-hmm. uh, which is a problem. Plus, they uh, they released Tier Tart. Uh, one of their nose tackles this past week. He's uh, he apparently developed a bad attitude and uh, and got sideways with the coaches a bit. So he he was one of their he was one of their best run stoppers. But uh, um, the, the big thing is if you can if you can give the quarterback just enough time, guys can get open against this secondary. The secondary has been a big disappointment this season. Uh, Christian Fulton, their number one cornerback, who who was terrible at the start, kind of got got settled in a little bit for a couple weeks, and then had a couple bad games again. He's mm-hmm. on injured reserve. He's done with a uh, with, with a hamstring injury. So you're uh, you know he was he's replaced by a second year rookie who was an undrafted rookie, Trey Avery, and and Avery is susceptible to getting beat deep. The you know the safeties, of course, they traded Kevin Byard a week Shipped, before the yeah. trade deadline. So the you know that was their that was their best safety, their best communicator back there by far. I think uh, I think if you're the Seahawks, you want to you want to you want to take shots early and often in this game because uh, chances are you're you're going to hit some of them. Look at the uh, look at the Colts game here three weeks ago. Uh, Indianapolis scored two touchdowns when Alec Pierce got got open deep and uh, yeah. and and set up uh, set up a couple things, including the the game winner in, in overtime. And when you know when you're talking about Alec Pierce, right? He's not in the same class as DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett or, or probably even Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think there's a there's a real opportunity for Seattle if uh, if, like if you that. just protect the passer just enough to, uh, you know, to, to, to give him time to get the ball downfield. Sounds like a lot of miles on Delta to me, Lofa. Sounds like Damn. a lot of yards being thrown by Seahawks quarterback. Sign up for 12 status, everybody. <laughs> DeltaAirlines.com. You get one mile for every yard the Seahawks throw for. You got to be a Washington State resident. Sign up for 12 status at Delta at Delta.com. Um, Lofa, you know what? I, I'm I'm gonna say Tyler Lockett. It's been a few games. It's been a little quiet. 
We haven't had any Tyler Lockett things, you know, any vintage Tyler Lockett style catches in a few weeks. I think this is going to be a Tyler Lockett game. I hope. I hope. Let's send him deep. Yeah, but you know what? I, and even Tyler, you know, he is a win team first, win sure. at all cost mentality. Sure. So he, he doesn't even care. I mean, oh no, I I know. I'm just saying. Okay. Have we gone this long without hearing Tyler's name? We or have Tyler Lockett. You know, corner, corner of the end zone, knee drag. Like I, I don't know. We have. And a month ago, when we were on a month long losing streak, I would have said we need to see more. But we did. We saw six for sixty eight against San Fran. We saw um, another game where he was. But right now, the best thing we're doing, David. This might scare you. Is we're actually running the ball. Yeah, <laughs> we're actually calling designed run plays and executing them well. Yeah. And the other thing we're doing is throwing the deep ball very well, whether it's Gino or it's uh, Drew. They are we're getting we're getting those shots downfield, taking those chances. And DK is coming up with it. and JSN, who the whole report coming out was, oh, well, he, he can only play in the slot. He just eats up zone coverages. The opposite's been true. He hasn't been great in the slot. He hasn't been great against zone. You put him in man, whoever's covering him, even top cornerbacks are dust. He's taking them deep and then embarrassing them. Yeah. And, uh, and he scored a big touchdown the other night. Should probably His confidence should probably be at an all-time high right now, that, I would think. That's his second game winner. He beat the quick screen against um, Cleveland yeah. to, to cap the comeback was his first one. And then that one. And the catch was just it was oh, unbelievable. I, I saw a still image of it again the, t- this morning, like on my it, algorithm. A still image. If of you it. see this, it looks like it's a drop, right? Uh, they were saying on the like, still image. Like, this was a catch. It just doesn't. <laughs> how <laughs> incredible! Incredibly strong hands. And, and the, the thing, the thing, the Seahawks, the guy the Seahawks will have to worry about on that side of the ball is Danico Autry, who is not exactly Ooh, a household yeah. name, but, but I know. one of those guys who is just a terrific football player and he will line up at maybe five different spots on the defense. He'll, he'll be, he'll be over the center. Sometimes he'll be standing up on the edge. Sometimes he'll be, uh, he'll, he'll be between the guard and the tackle. And it it just doesn't seem to matter. He, you know, wherever they use him, he's going to make one or two or three big plays a game. And, and if, you know, if those plays result result in uh, in turnovers, then you yeah. know the the impact gets magnified that much. He is, I mean, he's a guy in his early thirties now. He, he he's played for a few different teams and just just one of those guys who just keeps playing ball. And uh, and, and he's he's been really really good of late here with, with Jeffrey Simmons gone with, with the injury. Jeffrey Simmons is a savage. Autry is a beast too. I yeah. Mean. Yeah, like Simmons, Simmons is just one of those, just like one of those physical freaks. I mean, he is the closest thing you're going to see to Aaron Donald right now, and that he's a huge wow. man who can just just plant you in the dirt if he wants he's to. He can bully. run around yeah. you if he wants to. Yeah, he, he's a he's an absolute bully. Plays yeah. that way, and uh, they 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 abs- they definitely miss him in the middle right now. Hey, how about a guy in the middle of our defense though, Lofa? We didn't give him a shout out on our last episode, but how about Leonard Williams? He really had like yeah. a. I feel like a yeah. breakout game, so to speak, at least uh, dude, from a Seahawks perspective you, that last game. He was all over the place. 
Do they do they move him around? Because that's the the teams that have taken advantage of the Titans' offensive line this year have sort of taken their best guy, like Cleveland did it with Miles Garrett, and found a matchup Ooh, that the yeah. Titans just couldn't handle. I mean, does Williams line up at the same spot, or will they move him around and find that spot for him? They move him a little bit, but not like not like Miles, and you know Miles whoop anybody's ass. Uh, Leonard. <laughs> Leonard looks like he's finding more confidence in this defense. I mean, he was still productive and good for the Giants and, and you know, every other team he played for. But I think, you know, him in there with Jaron Reed, who's a guy that doesn't get enough credit. He does all yeah. the dirty work, everything he does. It doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but he is a savage in the middle. Those two together have found a nice, you know, rapport in terms of pass rushing and then and then just being absolute savages themselves and sure. beating – the guy across from him, just whoever lines up across from him is in trouble. Okay. And um, he, he, I think he's been very consistent, I think, is the most thing, because he's had this, what, he's got like six or seven sacks now, right? So, I mean, yeah. it's been one of the biggest, you know, gets at the trade deadline for, for any team. Well, speaking of who will line up, though, I mean, um, Lofa, I'll start with you. Who mm-hmm. should play quarterback for the Seahawks? If Geno is healthy, it's not a question. He gives us the best chance to win. Okay. David, who do you want to see play quarterback for the Seahawks? Oh, I, you know, I, I, I think either, I, I think either who, whoever, I guess you'd have to say whoever doesn't throw the deep ball as well, because, uh, <laughs> you know, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go yeah. back to it there. There are going to be, there's going to be a couple of plays where guys are going to be running wide open deep. It happens almost every game with the Titans right now. So you don't, you don't want to ride the momentum of Drew Locke, Lofa? <laughs> The momentum of what one quarter? I don't know. Of two I'm drives? Just, Actually, I mean, technically just one drive that if James Bradbury doesn't just close his hands, that game's over. I've seen like, a lot of polls online. I wish our guy McNeil was here. I've just seen a lot of polls oh, on all know. the algorithms that are about 50 50. McNeil is the one starting those fucking conspiracy theories. What I'm saying is it's not even like a, a, like there's not, there's not a clear, uh, uh, you know, there's not, not a clear decision amongst the fans. No one, no one knows what about 50, 50. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know. Oh, Shocking. The fans don't know who to choose. Shocking. I know. I know. I know. know. know All I'm saying, who do I, all I'm saying, if there, if, if he's healthy, Mm-hmm. He is our quarterback. Like he put thirty, he put thirty up on the Cowboys who were on fire at yeah. their house. Just, yeah. just embarrass them, right? Um, does Drew do that if he gets the opportunity? I don't know. I, I don't know either. All I, I know was is one hasn't played in three weeks, and the other one might have a hot hand. And in sports, yeah. you know, you. I you I was very proud of Drew even going into San Fran. I know we only got like 16 or 17, but he showed a lot of heart. He made some great throws. Um, and then he, he he played his ass off. The yeah. stats weren't fucking crazy. What was it, 208 yards? I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, no. No interceptions no. was the best stat, more so than the winning touchdown pass. No interceptions, no turnovers. I'm, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because you brought up the last game and the momentum or a hangover or what the last game meant or this or that. And I'm just saying that's the guy who threw the ball, who did the postgame interview who's got the momentum i'm just asking if that plays into it at all absolutely not all right injury and health is what plays into the decision of who plays okay and 
and I, from from an outsider's perspective, I mean, Gino, it, it's still Gino's team too. Sure. It's not you know guys in that room love yeah. him. You, I mean, we all saw the way they played for him last year. I, I mean, I think it's uh, I think yeah, it, it's a you say thanks, Drew. Nice job. Go take a seat for a while again. Well, as a host, I love a quarterback controversy. So I love that we have one all the way through till the end of the year. We've got a full-blown controversy on our hands. Lots of You do. Not we. You. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Gino starts the game, and it's 10-0 Titans at halftime. Now what? Which was the exact same score that the Eagles were up on us? (laughs) Were we going to go put Gino back in? Or put Sean Mannion? Was he coming in? I don't, all I'm telling you is I'm not arguing for either side. I just love the content that can come out of this. <laughs> and the Titans, love chaos. Were up, Titans were up 13 nothing at home on Sunday. It didn't work out for them either. So, all right. All so right. just stick with it, right? We'll, we'll pull it out. <laughs> That's right. We'll see right. what happens. Uh, we need to get to our score prediction challenge, though. We, uh, we put this mm. up on our social media every week. You guys have been blowing this thing up. I think last week we, I mean, we're just getting more and more responses that every single week that this thing happens. Somebody won last week. So the pot resets itself. It's a $25 gift card to our friends at simply Seattle. Remember if no one nails the score, we add $25 each week until someone nails it. So um, can we, can, it for the Christmas spirit, can we add $25? And those are rookie numbers in this racket. I mean, you can if you'd like. Would you like to do that for the people? I'll split it with you. Yeah, it should be at least fifty bucks. Or, <laughs> All right, or a hundred. Put it to a hundred. It's Whoa! Christmas Eve. Come on, yeah. that's right. The Christmas bonus, everybody. Yes, All let's right, let's go. Hey, you heard the man. All right, a hundred dollars. Uh, brought to you by well, seventy-five of it by Lofa, and twenty-five yeah. of it from our friends at Simple. Tell Jamie and Simply Seattle I'll Venmo them. All right. We'll have to get them on the phone, see if we can strike up a deal. But anyway, uh, it's our friends at Simply Seattle, everybody. Go to simplyseattle.com. Check out all of their fine clothing products, all the sports teams in the Northwest. They're the number one and largest Seattle Supersonics retailer on the planet. You can get your Sonics gear there. Of course, Seahawks gear, Kraken gear, UW, WSU, whatever else you want. Sounders, it's all good. Uh, it's simplyseattle.com and use our promo code take 12 to take 12% off of anything over there. Um, uh, David, you're our guest. What will the final score of the game be? It will be Seattle 26, Tennessee 13. Oh, okay. Wow. I like that. Well, that's a comfortable, uh, that's yeah. a comfortable Christmas Eve for me. I like that. <laughs> that made me very happy. Um, Fast forward. I will go Seattle 31, and I'm not going to lie. I think King Henry takes last week pretty personal. Vrabel goes back to him, and and, and they get some – I'm scared. I'm scared of King Henry. I'm not going to lie. And Spears. I think they run the ball, and it's going to be a close one. 31-27. Hawks. See, yeah, I, I I always get scared predicting any kind of blowout because that's just – that's jinx territory. And then anytime we think they're going to do that, it's always like a Seahawks score of like 9 to 8 or something. Yeah. It's just weird. What was that? Did you guys see that game the other week? It finished 9 to 7? Who was that? Uh, I, I saw the 3 to nothing between say, the Raiders and the Vikings. Oh, yeah. Another, anyway, uh, I think off, there's more offense in this game, though. I agree with Lofa. I think – you guys are going to be able to run it a little bit, especially with both guys, not just uh, Derrick Henry. So 
but give me a Seahawks victory 29 and uh, and the te- the Titans 24. Something like that. It's a good score. All right. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Um, how about pack back coolers, Lofa coolers, mm-hmm. pack back P A C B A K go to packback.com. Everybody, they're the coolest coolers in the world. Um, they're huge. Coolers, you coolers. can put one of your, you can put all your kids in this thing. It's enormous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, uh, it has two different compartments. A lot of the big expensive coolers out there, you guys know which brands I'm talking about. They usually have just the one big compartment where everything is going to get all soupy and gross eventually um pack back they've figured it out it's got two different compartments you get to keep things separated they're wonderful and of course they have the backpack which you can take hiking and bring all your beverages with you and keep everything nice and frosty and also officially nick Ballor is going to get a backpack nick oh Ballor. amazing for everybody to be aware wow. that nick nick Ballor fullback gets a backpack Dude, a pack, yes. back, back, back. and you guys back, 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 back. Uh, holiday time around the corner all that i don't know if you'd get it in time but these are great holiday gifts for for anyone out there so check them out um and then also kate they're are they letting us give one of these away a pack back cooler is yeah. that going to be happening yeah you're talking no to way we're going to give one to listeners yeah whoa okay so stay tuned it's like a thousand dollar cooler it's a very cool expensive thing. cooler that i think are we giving away a cooler or a backpack a cooler? Oh, holy shit. All right, so stay tuned. We're going to have to figure out details on that contest coming up soon. Um, guys, uh, packback.com, everybody. Anything else I'm missing, Katie? We're going, we've are going. we been a little long on this one. Should we wrap it up? Good to go. All right, we're wrapping it up. We're good. Anything else from around the league you guys are looking at, though? or Just that Monday night game. That Niners-Ravens game, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dallas-Dolphins, we'll see how that goes. But I don't right. think either of those guys do anything in the playoffs anyway. So it's like... Why am I going to watch them? Dallas first round exit, as is tradition. Yeah, same with Dolphins. A little okay. viewing tip for Sunday, though, on Titan Seahawks. Uh-huh. Keep an eye on uh, on Mike Vrabel on the sideline. It is It has become one of the most entertaining aspects of this season. I want to. I so badly want to play poker with the guy. He's <laughs> the worst poker face in the world. You can tell. You'll, you'll know by midway through the first quarter if he thinks his team's winning or not. And like it, I mean, he just he'll just get this look on his face of total disgust, and it just every every time they do a sideline shot of the Titans, be sure to check out Rabel's body language and his facial expressions because you'll know exactly what the dude is thinking. I I saw a, a GIF or a meme that was on. It was after they botched the <laughs> David. Tell me you saw this one. They botched that punt return. Yeah, I don't know why the kid <laughs> tried to catch the ball. But he comes over, he tries to explain him, and Rayleigh's just looking at him, he goes, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all it was said. But I mean, okay, the guy did a lot of winning in his days. Yeah. Several, several Super Bowls. You know the standard and the expectations that he's placing upon these guys. That's all I'm saying. Like, he, you he, have to understand. He's, he's fascinating as, as a head coach, and I know, I know we're a little long here, but oh, of all the coaches I've covered in this league – he is the most self-aware, and I, and I don't know if it's because maybe he had a really rapid rise through the ranks, but uh, most guys, when they get to be a head coach, they're like, okay, everything I've done to get here is right. This is who I am, and, and, and they, you know, they, they, think, they have so many other things to think about, they don't think about themselves. Rabel really does 
sort of do his own self-scouting and, and sort of, okay, what can I do better this season? What do I need to do differently and, and what have you? And, uh, and, it, and it's funny, this, this last season and a half, you remember the Titans lost the last seven games of last season. And before that losing streak, they were number two in the AFC and looking like they were a lock for the playoffs at that point. He is, he has, I, I think he has really been humbled to a degree this year. Like he, he really was thinking, okay, I've, I've got this coaching thing figured out. I've been to the AFC championship game. I've, I've had a 2000 yard rusher. I've restored Ryan Tannehill. You know, all these, all these things that went right his first couple seasons. He, you know, he, he's learning that a coach can only do so much. And, uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't have the talent and, uh, and he, he, he certainly has been, I, I think I think humbled a little bit this last year or so. You guys, uh, maybe he's he's a real dude though. He's, yeah. Oh, he, yeah. Like, I mean, he, he he's legit yeah. competitive as they come and 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 all that. And and like the players will tell you, they one of the things they love about him is he thinks he can coach every single position group. In the, I bet like, you he I can. Mean, I mean, he, I he, guarantee you can. I mean, he, he will sit in on every position group meeting. Yeah. He will on the practice field, he'll, he'll grab a tight end and say, you know, you should have put your foot in the ground at this angle here instead of that angle. I mean, he, he, yeah. he is, he is so detailed oriented. It's, uh, yeah. it's I, fascinating. And, and I don't think he's gotten humble. I think he's done a great job with a team that has obviously aged and, yes. you know, yes. is not, you know, they didn't have Tannehill for half the season or whatever, and then just decided, hey, well, Will Levis gives us the best chance to win right now. So, like, I don't think he's been humbled. I think it's just been a tough season. Uh, every coach goes through it. And, um, you know, him and then uh, Rand Carthon, he's, you know, the new GM. I think they're going to be doing big things together in the future, man. That, that's a, both two guys that uh, I played with and against and have a tremendous amount of respect for him. It's you a huge to... off. It's a huge off season for Rand to to get uh, to to make things happen. They've got. They do have. I told you they don't have a ton of draft picks. They do have a lot of salary cap space, and uh, and they they have holes to fill. So he's going to have to spend that money wisely. Yep. You guys can find David on the Believe in Titans podcast as part of the Believe Sports Network. Guys, hands in the middle. We got to break it down and get out of here. Everybody, enjoy your holidays. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your time with family. Remember, you know, take a deep breath. <laughs> a lot of family Don't, reme time. don't remember the Titans. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> on three? No. <laughs> what on, are you? Somebody's got to break know. it down here. Come on. It's up to uh, Dave, man. David, what are we breaking it down to? Uh, Christmas. Christmas on three. Oh, One, two, know. three. Christmas. Christmas, everybody. We love you. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.